As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! And time, and time again. Break up the music. Charge your glass. This nation is going to dance all night. A staunch and then abandoned defence of the Vuvuzela, Emma Hayes' terrifying touchline body language. Is it finally time to fully gentrify the food at football grounds? The ongoing battle between the lords of the game and footballers' jewellery, managers who just won't leave, aka doing a bunty, and the excruciating misspellings of team names. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 145 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me, as he so often is, is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good. This is straight from the Instagram grid of Lee Dixon and here's the world's most chucklesome man, David Seaman, getting his first ever hole in one. Please be in the hole. Please be in the hole. Now, Charlie, we are so familiar with the David Seaman chuckle. We've heard it so many times on this podcast, but I feel like this one was the first kind of drive-by David Seaman chuckle. <laughs> uh, surround sound very much useful here because it really is. That's it's the only way I want to hear it from now on. Yeah, lovely. And the... Yeah, because there are a few different versions of it, and this one was the, the particularly sort of <laughs> the the really quite aggressive one. And golf as well. Such a, I mean, I know fishing was sort of what his uh, supposed 
other passion besides football is, but golf feels very on brand as well. Yeah, absolutely. And from one Yorkshire legend to another, we are joined for Mesut Harland Dicks today by comedian and Leeds United fan Maisie Adam. Welcome, Maisie, to the Football Clichés podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for the intro off the back of David Seaman's chuckle. That is, that's, that's the dream. How are we going to top that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm hoping you've got more to offer. There's more in your locker than simply a chuckle. Mm, I'd like to think so. I'd like to, but I, I'm genuinely honoured to be a, a fellow notable Yorkshire person. Not obviously in the same league as, as David Seaman, but uh, a, a pleasure nonetheless. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and start using the gender neutral Yorkshire person as one Yorkshire long word. Person. Yeah, yes. Yorkshire person. It should work, just like yeah. any other. Yeah, we really need a, a better, more flowing thing there, don't we? But yeah. Yorkshire person. Yorkshireite. Yorkshireite. Or is that just cities? We could. Oh, we could also pick off the uh, piss off the Manx and call ourselves Yorkshunians, just to really, really ramp up the rivalry. That would yeah, be quite got good. Some poise to it. Um, speaking of your locker, though. Yes. Um, the one thing that really qualified you to be on this podcast, yeah. even more than anything else. And I know where I, you're going with this, Adam. I well, know where honest, you're going. Come we're on. Delighted. We're delighted to be the latest stop on your world tour of talking about your top bins on Soccer AM. Oh, <laughs> my God. Shall we watch it? I think we should. Think yes, we should please. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Pow! No problem. No problem. Oh, I must have shown that to... It's got to be in the triple numbers by now. I've <laughs> shown it to. Yeah. I'm that really annoying person that gets the phone out at a party to show. Yeah. Somebody... I can't remember. It was at the a Comedy Awards after party that I was showing somebody and they commented on the, the speed with which I was able to navigate my Instagram and quickly pick the, the correct <laughs> video. It was something like sub two seconds. <laughs> between unlocking my phone and showing the video. Presumably uh, you bookmarked it and favourited it. Oh, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. It's gone in every family WhatsApp group, every friend WhatsApp group. Uh, I tracked down my old PE teacher <laughs> um, on Facebook to message her to show her it. Um, and I was so embarrassed. I sent, I sent her being like, oh, is this not the best thing you've ever seen? And then was like really embarrassed being like, oh, for God's sake, why have you done that? That's so sad. She's probably going to think you're a right idiot. And then she replied um, like an hour later saying, um, saying form is temporary, class is permanent. Oh, <laughs> best day of my life. Best day of my life. That's it. I'm going to start contacting all my old teachers. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if they don't reply with form is temporary, class is permanent. Sorry, no, you good. shouldn't have got in touch. Producer Davis pointed out that it's identical. Your 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 top bins effort on Soccer AM was identical to Harry Maguire's penalty in the Euro, in the Euro 2020 final. Oh my god! Yeah, Reese Reese James pointed this out as well. <laughs> he replied on Twitter saying uh, Maguire's Euro's penalty. I mean, not wrong. If there was a net to be broken. I would have, I would have broken it. Before we get stuck into the intricacies of your technique, Maisie, Charlie, yeah. I haven't put a great deal of research into this, but my hypothesis is, is nonetheless solid. I am convinced that if you took all the top bins achievers from Soccer AM, the top right-hand corner is the most disproportionately achieved top bin. I don't know why that would be. Let's assume that most of them are right-footed. Yeah, it seems cer- to be... certainly not the easiest, though, Adam. Yeah, I would say it takes a great, no, tremendous amount not. of skill to get the top right one, probably more so than the top left. <laughs> it's a very different one. It's a very different one. 
the way the ball is hit, if you're right footed, yeah. it's more of a, I think it's more of a sweep. I think of like Alan Shearer, the Euro 96 penalty That's shootout. That's what I was trying to emulate, Charlie. That's yeah. what I was trying to emulate when I yeah. did it. Yeah. It's yeah. harder. It's, the margin uh, for error is... Um, yeah, well, exactly. That's what's always so impressive about it, isn't yeah. it? When you, when you go, have, having the nerve to go high. L- listen, Miss Bassendale was correct. Form <laughs> is temporary, but class is indeed permanent. I'm not arguing with her. I'm not Unless arguing with her. Miss Bassendale was sort of negging you and saying, well, <laughs> you know, you fluked a good one here, but you lack the permanent class. Is, was she definitely complimenting you? She was definitely you? saying it in sure. a complimentary way. 100%. 100%. <laughs> one thing I've always wanted to know... <laughs> just, just just to check, Miss Bassendale. Yeah, can I just the, check? Was yeah. this a compliment? <laughs> yeah. But one thing I've always wanted to know about this, um, I mean, the camera might perhaps be lying. Is, are we talking, is it 12 yards? It is a, is yeah, a penalty, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. More impressed. But plenty who have talked about this effort yeah. have debated the technicalities of the achievement. The fact that it was in the rehearsal. Oh, and that listen, sort of I'm thing. not having any of that. I'm not having any of that. Who was it that told me that that didn't count? Was it... I think it was Josh Widdicombe. Mm. And I was like, I am not having from Josh Widdicombe what constitutes a good penalty. No thank you. No way. Of all people. it counts. Also, I would say, no, I don't want to... um, uh, I don't want to come across incredibly uh, bitter here. But um, in that game, like, you've got... You have the rehearsal and then, of course, the pro goes up to answer the questions. And you, as the amateur, in this case, myself and Maiden Chelsea's Jamie Lang, <laughs> we get to take it in turns to, to, to have a go at the, 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 the challenges. But that requires the pro to get questions wrong. Well, we had Grant Ledbitter on and he, I mean, it was like it was his specialist subject on Mastermind. He was getting every single one right. So in the real thing, I'm not even just saying this, but in the real thing, I didn't even get a chance to do a penalty. Mm. It didn't come up because Grant kept getting his questions right. So my only shot, literally, was rehearsal. Fair and enough. I had one shot and I took it and it went in like seamlessly a la Alan Shearer. No, you're, you're rightly proud of it and... and- increasingly defensive of it but that's fine too I know. <laughs> um, you've got in my your... head about miss bassendale's compliment <laughs> stop talking about mrs bassendale welcome to mesa holland dicks with mrs bassendale <laughs> um, but my final point on this is this your ticket to soccer aid 2022 because i mean last year you basically tweeted a come and get me plea to soccer aid which was most undignified no one should do that sorry um, no 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 um, i will i will put you right on this okay <laughs> i i will give up dignity to get soccer aid to put some ladies on that blooming sausage fest of a team i mean they had two brilliant women last year as the celebrity they have obviously like professional football but the celebrities were still celebrities who were famed for football skills like so i don't i like genuinely i know we're trying to keep it funny but it's so infuriating when it's an absolute sausage fest. They had Stephen Mulhern come on in fancy dress. Within two minutes, he got a yellow card after openly declaring he didn't understand the rules of the game. So as much as we joke about, oh, it was so undignified to get in touch with Soccer Aid about it, I will undignify myself to the 
end uh, until the people there understand that um, women can play football, guys. Newsflash. Newsflash. It is. A, it's for a great cause. Don't get me wrong. And that's mm. that's it, it's it's incredible. But it could do with some women. It's, Soccer Aid is great, but it's not actually a professional game. So <laughs> I think when you've had Stephen Mulhern in a in a mascot outfit, openly <laughs> declaring he's not played it since he was like 10, getting booked within two minutes because he doesn't understand the game. I mean, I'm a little bit like, come on, I'll, I I will just at them on social media. And no, no, absolutely the, um, right. I until mean, they check the calendars and realise it's 2022. <laughs> Anybody doing soccer aid in fancy dress to me is is this is where the point after after which everything has gone completely wrong anyway. Like we shouldn't yeah. have people in fancy dress on soccer the, aid. Yeah. It's, it's a football match. Play like, within don't the get me wrong. If that was the thing coming back, and they're constantly only getting the the Mark Wrights and the Ollie Murs, the the could have gone pros of the celebrity world, I get it. But we've watched Lee Mack miss a penalty. Is it three years in a row now? I mean, I, mean, I think he finally got one last year, didn't he? But uh, I, as a football fan, watched that and know that. I could, I could take him. Do you know? Like you look at half. I'm not being a dick, but you, you look at half and you go, I could, I could do that. I, d- I don't think my tits would get in the way of the ball. <laughs> Sorry, lads, but I think, I think I'll be all right. No, I mean, apart from the fact we've established you can't do it on live TV, you have to do it in rehearsal. Oh, other than that, fuck off, Adam. <laughs> other than that, I think you're okay. So yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I can break that glass ceiling and make the soccer aid rehearsal. The campaign starts here. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have got incredibly serious for a second. That is absolutely fine. But, <laughs> Sorry, um, I just but, get really riled up about it. Yeah, quite rightly so. Quite <laughs> rightly so. But you are here for Mesut Harland Dix, where you are going to lay bare your loves and hates or anything else you'd like to describe them as. Tell us about your first love of football, please, Maisie. Right. My first love is Vuvuzelas. <laughs> I, do- I just loved them. I thought they made <laughs> they made that World Cup so great and I don't understand why we've just left them with the South African World Cup why don't we have them at every match and I mean every match not just sort of Premier League Champions League why don't we have Vuvuzelas at Waterlooville do you know what I mean (laughs) Imagine how imagine how much better the football would be if you could bring your big plastic tube that you sort of spit into and make a big long humming noise. Oh, I loved it. So you think they're in they're in like an integral part of football culture now, do you? Yeah, I've still got my Vuvuzela. It's up in the attic. I've got a bright red one and I absolutely loved it. I just think it was such a a great a great World Cup and a great, I mean not obviously not for us, but it was such a, a distinctive one in everyone's mind because of because of of that i really really loved it i mean i did use mine as something to drink out of at every house party for the following few weeks versatile Versatile. that's it many uses many many uses okay so this is a bold this is a bold take to start with but charlie now i think when i look back at 2010 and the world cup and and my beef with the vuvuzela as an armchair fan at least it wasn't that the sound itself was annoying it was that the overall noise of everything gave a kind of sense of kind of stasis to a football game a football game needs undulating sounds it needs kind of mm. reactions this kind of flat sound as emphatic as it was didn't add to the spectacle of a football game charlie it was hummy it was the hummingness it was just a kind of low level hum and uh, you mean to tell me you don't enjoy international football when it's 90 minutes of sounding like a broken radiator <laughs> <laughs> or a sort of hotel fan that you've got on holiday to to keep the room conditioned. Not that selling sort it. Of, yeah. How, I know how much, Maisie, was it? 
how much was it a reaction to the fact that it was getting so much hate? Did did you start liking it and then everyone hated it? I think it was a yeah. little bit of like it's just people trying to enjoy it and they're trying to sort of for for years we've had the same sorts of music and sounds, sounds. coming out of the the football ground and it's 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 chants or it's a big brass band and some drum. I just liked the difference of it a bit a bit something for a change. So then when people kicked back on it, it felt very like no, we know what we like and we mm. like what we know. Mm. Um and so mm. I, I, mm. I I kind of wanted to stick up for them. I, I really enjoyed it and I think I think having a Vuvuzela in the crowd would have been great, but having a Vuvuzela and watching from home was even even better. Like, I mean, my parents were ready to chuck me out, don't get me wrong, but I was going to say home, that's annoying people in the farm <laughs> More, annoying people in a far more immediate way. Yeah, sat at home with your with your Rooney kit on and, and blowing into your Vuvuzela, <laughs> just in the living room. Funny that you mentioned this scenario that you've you've painted here of sitting at home on a on a sofa. Can I say playing a Vuvuzela? Is that yes, is that I not too playing. intricate a word? No, no, no. I think I wielding think if, a Vuvuzela. When you get good enough, you can play several notes on the old. What Vuvuzela. grade of Vuvuzela are you on now, Maisie? Oh, I reckon I'm at least grade four or five. Yeah, with, dis- you with distinction. You email your music teacher and tell her about that one. Yeah, well. yeah, Miss Bassendale would say I'm grade five. Oh, she did music as well, did she? Oh, she's jack of all trades, Miss Bassendale. <laughs> right, okay, so um, I was alerted to this YouTube video, which um, the title, again, is quite a bold claim. The title itself is Longest Vuvuzela Sound. Oh, my God. This is Joe Mark Scores playing what he claims to be the longest Vuvuzela sound at his home in Columbia, Missouri, back on June the 26th, 2010, presumably mid-World Cup. Um, so, you know, let's let's reacquaint everyone with just how annoying this sound can potentially oh, be and how long it can go on. Okay, Vuvuzela contest. I'm going to go at, like, 17.10. We'll see. You count, Andrea? Yeah. Go. Do not argue. Oh yeah, it's quite a lot actually, isn't it? Sixteen fifty three to seventeen twenty one. So it's seven plus twenty one. Uh, seven plus twenty one is twenty eight seconds. Twenty eight second blow. Yes. Wow. Congratulations, man. Twenty eight seconds, Maisie. It's too long and too much. Yeah. Uh, uh, have you ever had somebody on the podcast immediately change their mind when presented with the evidence? <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that's immediately gone actually into the hate category. Oh, that's I think a shame. Perhaps maybe I was just sort of thinking with, you know, that sort of rose-tinted glasses nostalgia of, of remembering the spirit. And also, I, I will just say, I don't remember anybody in my immediate circle blowing it for any lo- anywhere near 28 seconds. So <laughs> my experience of it was a lot more short and fast and, and, and fun than um, one solitary long um, blow. <laughs> There's your clip for the trailer. One solitary <laughs> long blow. I, I, yeah, that was not pleasant. That was that was not pleasant. And and the longer it went on, you're right. I I did sort of clock that that was the overall sound of every stadium at that World Cup, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> Charlie, twenty eight seconds as we finally established there. I mean, I did actually. I could almost see our metrics dropping 
as the clip went on. Mm. But uh, I, I'm sceptical about this. I don't think 28 seconds can be the record. Surely someone somewhere must have the lungs for more than this. Well, I think often with world records, uh, they're sort of shorthand for just the only time anyone's really thought to do something. Well, this is, uh, I bet it's in the new Guinness Book of Records now, the absolute shambles that it's become. I will say as well that that, that little group didn't look like they were sort of... The, you know when you see um, the Guinness Book of Records man come along with his clipboard and his jacket... Um, it's not very often that they have to do mental maths on the spot to work out what the record is. There's usually a mm. stopwatch involved. So I'm not sure how official that one was, actually. So if we want to talk about whether or not something counted, let's leave my top bins alone and discuss this about whether or not that's got the merit. <laughs> Fair enough. I do wonder as well, Maisie. I mean, these are two extremes because we're saying before my sense that you've confirmed was that part of it was the kind of condescension of us saying ah you shouldn't be doing this you know this isn't how we like our sounds and so you know the the people who were doing that at the stadiums it felt like a more natural thing when it's then moved to some american dweebs in their living room suddenly it doesn't feel quite so appealing that's very true that's very true two two real extremes yeah well you you say dweebs but 12 years on My research tells me that Joe Mark scores is oh, an area sales manager for an architectural stone solutions company. What have you done, mate? Yeah, fair I enough. Really he probably thinks I'm then. a dweeb. I really worried you were going to add him onto the call and he was going <laughs> to... I know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, it's God, not, that would... He's in the waiting room. Weird kind of this is your life kind of format. Yeah, Just that would after be Charlie's gone, what a bunch of dweebs. <laughs> <laughs> Which your, is an insult, by the way. Teacher. I haven't heard since I was about 12. A dweeb. Since the days of Miss, whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah Bassendale. Put some respect on her name, please, Charlie. <laughs> you dweeb. Right. Okay. So, okay, we, we've we've established Vuvuzela. Yeah. Sound in the pantheon of football sounds. We asked our listeners, Maisie, oh, if they no. had to listen to one single continuous noise during a football match, what would it be? Jack Hancock cites one of our most regularly cited sounds in football on this podcast which is the rapturous round of applause when a gangly center back heads the ball back to a goalkeeper yeah so just a a pleasant 90 minute applause would you accept this or is that just too it's fine it's fine but it's 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 generic isn't it Mm. we we get it in most matches vuvuzelas a thing of the past bring them back let them have a renaissance era but charlie i actually now i think about it from what Jack Hancock has suggested here. I think it's plausible that we could one day actually see a 90-minute applause for something. It would have to be something pretty big and momentous, but yeah, yeah I could yeah. see it. Something, I don't know, yeah. charity or a, or a you know tragic the event. The ultimate classy touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does make me think as well, if South Africa, like that was their thing, wasn't it? Vuvu's Ailers, that's what we're going to put on our world stage as our, as our thing. When England next host the World Cup, what will we do as our instrument to sort of blast out for... I mean, everyone learned to play the recorder as a kid. Imagine if we... Every, <laughs> imagine big burly blokes blind turning mics up... for 90 minutes. Turning up to, do, to, do in, to, to support England and it's just really poorly played hot cross buns for 90 minutes. Just... People on the... Awful. <laughs> On the piano, oh yeah, oh god, yeah, that one. Yeah, on a loop. where your friend comes and does the high bit. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, though. I literally don't know of any other country in the world that that holds the recorder up as as, as such a respected instrument, right? as, as we do. <laughs> this is, is our calling. Stunch. When we get the World Cup bid, that'll be what gets us it, because our fans will come in their bucket hats and 
badly play Hot Cross Buns or Three Blind Mice, which I think is the same tune, yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, the only thing, perhaps, that could rival the Vuvuzela in an English context... Yeah. Maisie, is this from Rob Siney, who says, Imagine 90 minutes of the old fans behind the goal lead up to a goal kick noise. Just a constant... <laughs> Oh. Oh. before the inevitable release of your shit ah on yeah. the referee's final whistle yeah and if your team has lost heavily it would be wonderfully apt now, if talking... anyone's got lungs for this it would work yeah we're talking one continuous for 90 go... minutes it would have to go up really gradually so yeah, not you'd only have to would start to... so low that it would mm. be almost just like a like <laughs> like a Vuvuzela hum. It would be that humming in the background. But if you can get a flat enough low. trajectory, you're probably going to be okay. But it would be so flat because it's over ninety minutes that you probably it'd be like that boiling frog theory. Like you wouldn't actually realise it's happening. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. You'd have to do a ninety minute. I'm also curious to know. And what happens at half time? Do you get to take oh, a yeah. breath? Yeah. A big, massive 15-minute intake of breath huge, and then you go again just, at the same octave. Yeah. It? Instead of people queuing up for a beer and a hot dog, it's just people on oxygen masks just ready for round two. <laughs> but imagine, Charlie, the final your shit are at the end after oh. 94 minutes. It would be amazing. I mean, the amazing. ultimate delayed gratification. Mm. The Fubuzelas didn't mean, have just- that. No, that's true. That's no, true. exactly. I mean, that feels good anyway. The your shit ad just <laughs> even after a few seconds. Well, we've multiply that. that. Yeah, we already know that it's it's kind of falling out of view from its current context. Maybe it does need a new lease of life. So maybe yeah. maybe Get that's it where Vuvuzela's. it is. Ah, Vuvuzela, your shit ah. Right then, Maisie, let's hear about your second love of football, please. Right, my second love of football is uh, a fantastic woman because it's Emma Hayes, right? Who is absolutely terrifying on the sidelines as a manager she i mean she's um she has a few photos that go viral from her matches when she's managing chelsea and she's absolutely tenacious she's 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 terrifying um the look of her and then you head over to her social media and uh, she tweets with all the enthusiasm and emoji use of everyone's fun auntie at Christmas. <laughs> she, look, you know that emoji that's like on its side with when it's winking and sticking its tongue out? Yeah. Um, that I think can sort of be, for the listeners, uh, summed up with the <laughs> kind of vibe. Uh, she, she loves that emoji. She's all over it. She's just very, I, I can't work her out. I think it's quite, I think that's why I've picked it because... I can't work her out. Hmm. I can't work out which Emma she is. Is she that that terrifying force that you see shout at? Like, I mean, there, there was a clip of her um, just from this weekend where she's she's actually like encouraging and, uh, and saying well done to the whole team, <laughs> but she looks like she's about to commit a homicide. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely incredible. Yeah, um, and then she'll up on Twitter, and it's. Um, it's like every supportive message that you get from like a text from your mum. Um, it's very, very lovely. I, I really like. I got a lot of time for Emma Hayes. It's it, um, at first glance the incident that you're talking about. This was Sam Kerr's <laughs> recent late winner for Chelsea against Villa. Yeah. And at first glance, the, it's really hard to know what's going on in the picture. It looks like. I mean, it looks jokes like she's aside, starting a it fight. Looks like she's it? dragging players away from a confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. The look on her face is absolutely. If you funny. if you like superimposed or green screened the background and swapped it from Chelsea's ground to like outside a nightclub in Manchester, <laughs> it would absolutely look 
it, like that's mo- that's more where it's suited to be. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's bloody terrifying. I would hate to be in the changing room after a, a, a bad loss with Emma Hayes. But I, th- I think it's interesting, Maisie, saying which is she because I think she's probably just both. I think she, th- those two sides kind of happily coexist, that, and that's why she is very interesting. There's that there's yeah. that kind of nuance because you don't I mean, really and, see and also- it with any of the men's managers. Like if you think of some of the most terrifying Fergie, who we knew, you know, when you think hear about him, the hairdryer treatment, kicking the boot, and and scarring David Beckham, you never saw him then be an absolute Jack the Lad, did you? Really? Like, and when he was so- sort of framed as 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 having a laugh it didn't look a laugh a minute and then you've got Klopp a really intimidating laugh exactly yeah Klopp who seems to be that kind of suppose he's sort of portrayed as the 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 fun smiley caring emotional manager I cannot imagine getting told off by him I think if if you get told off by Klopp it would be you know like at school when the nice teacher finally loses it and you think Oh, actually, I feel really bad now. I feel really, really bad. <laughs> you know, I think Klopp. I think Klopp's one of those guys who, when things are going well for him, he's all big, white, te- toothy grins. But yeah. as soon as they're not, I think he, I think he does have a bit of a nasty. Do you size. think? Yeah, yeah. I think he. I think he'll he'll lash out. I've heard. Out I've heard about him going well. being like pro- proper, giving it both barrels. But I just can't see it. I just can't see that that man do, be, being like that. And as you say, Charlie, I think that's why Emma Hayes is so so interesting because. You get it all right in front of you. On my on my constantly evolving spreadsheet of uh, potential slash dream slash never gonna happen guest for Mesa Island Dicks, Emma Hayes is right up there. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. What would she do? What are the sort of things that we would I imagine have, that she would pick? Cause I she, have she's so no hard idea. to read. Yeah, I cannot. Re- yeah, and I think it would be. I think all the things she'd pick for her loves, you wouldn't know if she's being ironic. Do you know what I mean? Like it'd be so hard to read, and then I'd be quite nervous for her hates because I think. I'd, I'd just be worried that I was on Someone's the list. Someone's going to get it. Yeah, I'd yeah. be worried I was on the list. The thing is as well, there is something very relatable because I'm sure we all know people whose kind of online personality is very, very different yes, to their IRL yes, personality. Yes. You know, and, and often that both of our generation, you know, of our generation, but maybe also people who use social media and WhatsApp in slightly different ways. And then you you meet them and you're like, is this the same yeah. sort of really enthusiastic or vice versa? Some yeah, people's yeah. like email manner is, is really brusque. Yeah. Um, and then lovely IRL. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think most people's dads still, it's quite a common thing, isn't it? Like, my dad will just reply with a thumbs up or a, a or an okay. But in real life, he's, he's very, very, very chatty and very nice. But I think if, if anybody met him within the metaverse first... I think they'd I think they'd be a bit worried he's going to be the the scary Emma Hayes side. Okay, so we've had we've had Dr. Jekyll and Emma Hayes. Let's hear, <laughs> let's hear about your um your third love of football, which is uh, seems to be a Leeds United um, obsession based on uh, on our recent evidence. Do you think? Yeah, well, yeah. Ralph Ralph Ineson picked this as well. Okay. Um, or or a variant of it, and uh, so this this is obviously a, this is obviously a Yorkshire obsession. Oh, no. So let's hear about it, please. I really love and respect the fact that stadium car park food has not got better in decades. Decades. I mean, we we are in a time now where food trucks, food vans, food stalls have never been so popular. They are at every wedding, at every festival, at every 
uh, concert and they, they I mean I went to go see Fontaine's DC not too long ago at Ali Pali and there was food trucks there and it was bao buns mm-hmm. it was tacos it was artisan chicken wings souvlaki 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 at a gig honestly I mean I'm I'm thinking back to the food that you used to have to get before and after a gig and now you can get gyros and souvlaki <laughs> on the way in but football seems to be one of the last things that just refuses to emulate this um I guess gentrification or I mean I mean you could call it gentr- I would call it gentrification being mm. cynical but yeah. some people would say much needed improvement to the, <laughs> to, to the food industry uh, and um and probably hygiene as well um food standards but um, stadium car park food, as far as I'm aware, is still dodgy hot dogs, burgers that are so greasy and definitely not made up of the meat that you'd, you'd, you'd wish for a mm-hmm. burger to be to be made up of. Basically, food that's going to have you on the toilet by the second half. <laughs> right, OK. So uh, we're going to dig into the uh, the practicalities of certain type of match day food in a moment, but but I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to chip away at your impression of uh, of modern day food offerings at, at football grounds, AFC Wimbledon it, it emerges have a Bodine's truck. Really? Yeah. Oh that's, my god! I mean, it is Wimbledon pretty, still. Yeah, isn't it? I know like, what you mean. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking uh, about the heartlands here, but Southwest no, London. No, come well, back. Yeah, Fulham had artisan pizza. Of course they did. It's full, yeah. this is what I mean. We don't. I think we don't need to worry until like. Crawley Town, Grimsby, they've got artisan pizza. That's when we start. That's when alarm bells need to start ringing. But um, I love it. I mean, I shouldn't because, it, as I say, it's probably a health hazard. Hmm. But the fact that I think as you're doing that walk to the stadium on match day, I think one of the first senses that kicks it, aside from the chanting, that the sort of you, the first thing you hear is the chanting. But then smell hmm. is is grilled onions straight onions. away. Isn't it's it? onions. Grilled it's onions, onions straight smell, yeah. away. It's so distinct. I like every time now I smell onions because that's the first time I think I was ever really exposed to grilled onions yeah. was as a kid walking along. <laughs> I still so always associate it with with, with a match brand. day. Yeah, yeah. And then you approach it and it's 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 on one of them big flat grills and they've got like twenty patties on the go at a time it's always served by a woman who is absolutely terrifying mm. in, a, in a in a in a pinny for who's um yeah she's uh i mean the one at the one at ellen road she's so yorkshire it's just vowels that she speaks in <laughs> but it's um I, I just love it it's always suspiciously cheap as well isn't it a burger is like one pound ten or something yeah you're like i could actually get four of these and yeah still, yeah still which is always credit. suspicious always yeah. suspicious now speaking of ellen road now ralph ineson didn't know about this which which surprised me but let, let's test your knowledge of this have you ever heard about ellen road's meal deal one <laughs> meal deal one I mean, maybe. Is it as in this is just a point and crisps? No, come on, it come is. on. It is no, 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 no. Yes. Where's that happening? That's letting us down. Who, who it's on in earth the concourse is selling that at the stadium? As... Oh no. <laughs> Meal deal one is pint and crisps. It's this is two hot. Leeds fans now who denied all knowledge of this. No, I think this is a myth. This is surely a myth. No, there's pictures of this it. This is this is a southerner trying to slander our name. It it's on record. Be, you can't call that meal deal what? It's not even hot food. Pints and a pack of crisps. <laughs> How much is meal deal one? I think it's about four pound fifty. Oh no! Something so it like would that, be yeah. che- it'd be cheaper to go to my girl in the burger van 
and get get three burgers. The thing is, Maisie, with the abysmal football burger, is that yeah. more so than the traditional pie, it's yeah. more or less the most practical thing to eat in and around a football ground. I mean, allowing for the grease, which can yeah. be annoying. Let's let's face it. It yeah. is it is it's an ergonomic piece of food. I it learned works. that one quick. Always ask for more. Always or don't ask, but just get look, way more napkins than you think you're going to need because it's absolute grease fest. Yeah, I always go for a burger. And um, you've just reminded me about saying pies. One of the first football matches um, I went to, my grandpa took me and my cousin. And uh, he got a pie, and I think this is the most like Yorkshire thing. But he only ate like a like maybe a quarter of it, and he then stood up and turned round to face the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the crowd, and went, "Does anyone want this pie?" I've, <laughs> I've not really touched it, and about three people went, "Yeah, all right, I'll have it." <laughs> Had a quarter each, the other three. Yes, yeah. me. Just went spirit. in on the yeah. That's what I mean. It's very lovely, isn't it? It's very and they lovely. are notoriously hard to eat. Pies at grounds, exactly. They're really hot. You, I think you can't my, stuff them I, in. You get yeah. that fork that does absolutely nothing. I think Grandpa perhaps liked the idea of getting a pie and then was faced with the mm. practicality of it. Massively over romanticised piece of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent in a football um, context. But just turning round and and, and saying to a, 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 a whole stand. <laughs> Would anyone like this pie? I've not really touched it. And about three people got, yeah, go on, pass it. I'm, I'm not pass surprised that you're, you're, you're never hungrier than after like two or three pints. That is like absolute peak hunger. So if someone's offering you a quarter eaten pie, yeah, they yeah. would all have been. It goes out the window. I'll take it. I've got an image of them all trying to trying to claim it like someone's thrown their shirt into the crowd. Yeah, but yeah, there's a little girl with a cardboard sign saying, "Please, can I have your pie?" <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, that Charlie. smell thing as well, just quickly. Sorry. I remember when I was uh, really young, and this, I mean, it's still really weird, but I thought it was even weirder at the time. I was having my burger, and my friend asked if he could have a smell. Rather than ask if he could have Ooh. a bite, he said, can I have a smell? Which, obviously, the smell was so intoxicating to it. He was just like, I want to get some of that. I think I was wow. like, you can have a, you can have a bite Them if you onions want. kicking in. But it was just like, the smell is enough. Yeah. All I need, I just want to inhale that kind yeah. of do you know what? Smell. I live in Brighton down here and they, they don't... I've, I've yet to find the burger van by the Amex ground. You have to wait till you get in and then um, they have them awful... You know those hot... You know those long hot dogs in a, in a baguette in a long paper bag? Um, and the then driest just, food you could yeah, possibly... Yeah, it's so dry. It's so dry. And then they'll give you one of those tiny little ketchup <laughs> sachets that you're just trying to... <laughs> trying so to desperately sachets. get across. Yeah. Yeah, like the Vuvuzela for 90 minutes, but in, in ketchup form. Yeah, basically, basically. And, and what's so annoying with that is you know you don't have enough, but you're also like, oh, but I can't really get any more, so I'm just going to have to pretend that it's okay pretend without more ketchup. Pretend that this is fine. Yeah. yeah, even though you know you're, you're hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's the driest snack going. Um, yeah. Um, right then, quickly, we asked... So I'm not going to say quickly, why am I saying quickly? Um, Charlie, we asked our listeners for the most impractical thing you've ever eaten at a football match. Uh, Zach echoes Maisie's reservations about long bits of bread. He says, I saw someone struggle with a full baguette once. You probably think this was like a Subway thing with filling inside. Nope, slicing bits off and buttering them. <laughs> what?! That's insane. That, that, that's not a standing up, sitting. You'd have to be. You need a. You need a surface for this. So he's a, on about you, taking like a full-on French baguette, the ones that like the length of your arm. The only way that that even makes any sense is if you are just taking it in in a kind of 
savage sort of way, just taking hunks out of it. A- anything there can't be more than one step between like you and a, eating like a your peasant food. in Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, just or, or maybe just chewing it directly from yeah. the fr- from the baguette. But you can't have there can't be more than one step. It needs to be something you can do directly with your hands or yep. your mouth. Yeah, you should, like I think getting cutlery involved is just a no, a no question. Go. Oh, if you bring cutlery to a football game, oh certainly if bringing you should, it, you yeah. should get a lifetime ban. It's probably not allowed in anyway, regardless of what material we're talking here. Maybe wooden <laughs> is just about all right, but we'll see. Um, you might think that that was you might think that, that was as weird as it's going to get. No, that was at the lower end of the scale because uh, oh, okay. here's, here's the second of three. This is Jamie Thorpe says an impossibly full taco once caused me to miss a goal because I couldn't bear to visibly struggle to eat it in the stands. I totally sympathise with this. As oh. soon as something starts to fall out of something I'm eating, I don't yeah. want to see another human being anywhere near me. No, 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 no. This is, tacos are the... Like, why you yeah. take that to a game where your Awful. attention is already Awful. elsewhere? Tacos... Um, we had I had this chat with my friend um, a few years ago of, like, when you have a first date with someone, what restaurants are not an option? Mm. And Mexican every time because the food is just not. It's um. It's. It, I think it's a five data kind of five <laughs> dates in sort of cuisine, isn't it? T- yeah. Messy tacos. It's no. Nobody looks good eating a taco. Nobody no. looks tacos- good. Tacos have all I've always found them hard, and they're and they're really confusing because <laughs> this is what a ridiculous thing to say. But no, I remember like the first time I had them, I was like because most things, even if they're hard, by the end once they fall out, you can just set it on the knife and fork and yeah. kind of do all of that. But because they're quite hard, they don't really lend themselves to being cut up. And this it's just, is the thing you, you don't have a you don't have one thing to just eat everything with. You've got crunchy really shell tacos, which just, exactly. which just ends up basically like trying to eat the last remnants of a Doritos bag with salad um or you get it where it's soft like flour tortilla and that's um that's just as hard i mean that's that's i'd rather that though for ease great tolerance of world cultures going on in the first half of this podcast by the way yeah great (laughs) stuff yeah Um, um right the last word on this as it so often does charlie goes to goes to elizabeth barnard who says, my dad used to buy a pint of yoghurt from Tesco Express on the way to the game and eat that as his in-game snack. No. My brother and I put a stop to this and he once dropped it and that didn't help his case either. That is insane! He dropped a whole like massive pot of yoghurt That's the secondary issue! He brought it in the first place he and brought, ate it! Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'm, I'm inclined to ask if that was a medical thing because um, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense in any other way. Like... Why why are you bringing yoghurt to a game? I'm assuming I plain thought... for some reason, but Charlie, I'm hoping it was like the strawberry one with bits of strawberry in or something. Rather, An onken, a big a onken. Mu- a muller corner tipping all of the, the flakes. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't implied. We're talking about a big pint carton. Mm. Mm. Anyway, well, I mean, that's a surreal end to a surreal first half. I would be fuming if I got a seat next to somebody eating yoghurt for the whole 90 minutes. Yeah, same. Just in, yeah, because the sound as well. Uh, the spoon, I mean, yeah. Awful. You think a Vuvuzela is bad? Imagine being sat. I'd rather be sat next to somebody playing Vuvuzela for 90 minutes than somebody eating yogurt. I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree on that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Okay, welcome back to Meza Hollandix with Maisie Adam. Maisie, you're on tour in September. Um, I am. The, the, the range of venues is yeah. quite something. Yeah. It's um, it's quite a lot, isn't it? It's um, yeah, it's most of autumn. I think it's September and October, and it's um, yeah, it's it's been one of them where I used to like look at tour dates of a, somebody's poster and think, why have they planned it like that? You could, you know, you're in Glasgow one night and then Bristol the next. It is just down to like logistics of when when places are are, are available. But then trying to do it off the back of a pandemic where nobody's been able to tour, so you're all just fighting for the same. For, for for anywhere to to be so um yeah the tour is a little bit here there and everywhere what venues had, had caught your eye well i mean the fact that it starts off at somewhere called the slaughterhouse is um yeah it's not it's not promising, promising. is it no no, <laughs> no. As, a, as a leeds united fan to be starting in manchester in a in a venue called the slaughterhouse it does feel like it's a it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy doesn't it well i mean my, my first thought was are you worried about getting booed off in manchester but now i'm slightly more concerned that someone's gonna be sat on the front row slowly drinking yeah. from a pint of yogurt in pint of, of yogurt <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do that will throw you off completely i know i know mm. no i'm excited for it it's 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 really like it's it's genuinely really exciting to be working up an hour of comedy again after after what is it like two years most of it being on zoom i mean that that was that was bleak doing zoom gigs you know so to 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 be out in all of these different places even if they do have very threatening names i'm i'm very grateful <laughs> how would you feel Maisie, if you went to a country where the custom was to have vuvuzelas playing throughout your gigs would you embrace that oh i hadn't thought of that what throughout one of my gigs whilst i'm yeah. doing an hour of comedy don't like him now do you yeah <laughs> yeah that's true that's true yeah but this is a football podcast no, i wasn't totally. i wasn't asked my opinion of vuvuzelas within the general no i was just curious to know society. how far your uh how far you'd go on this how far uh, i'd go i'd crusade. draw the lines at funerals i think charlie <laughs> i think um, and it has been done yeah, yeah. 
as we commit them to the crematorium, we all just do a solitary Vuvuzela blast. <laughs> the last pose the is la- Vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Stop. Can't take that. I oh, can't God. take it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, let's get hateful now, Maisie, please. Tell us okay. about your first hatred of football, please. Right, my first one, it's always had a gripe back because I used to get told off for this when I was a kid playing football. My first gripe about football is that players don't have to wear a little plaster on their earring when they're playing football. Now, you lads might not know this because I don't think you've got your ears pierced, but in PE at school, um, the teacher would make you get a flesh-coloured plaster and put it over your earrings. (laughs) Yep. Um, each side and you also had to take your gum out heaven forbid you went to PE and you were chewing gum and it's still it's so ingrained in me that when I watch football now and I see like Rafinha with his with his earrings in I think that should have a plaster on him that's a hazard that's a hazard there's quite a few players who will openly chew gum on the pitch (laughs) openly Openly chew gum, and you think that is a hazard. I've Flagrantly. seen some of, some of the tackles that are done. If you've got a bit of chewing gum on the go, you are in big trouble, my friend. Big trouble. And it is only a matter of time. You heard it here first. It is only a matter of time before we have a chewing gum based disaster on the on the pitch. Well, if you're going to keep applying kind of school health and safety issues yep. to Premier League football, what happens if you see someone sort of leaning back in their chair? Yeah, Somewhere. 100%. That's yeah. it. Then you tell them about the rumour. <laughs> you tell them about the kid that did that who fell back and cracked his head open. On the radiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll sort it straight out. 100%. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. 100%. But, Charlie, this is actually quite... This is a genuinely interesting one because the inconsistent application of this rule, we're talking about earrings, rings, necklaces, chains... Is, is yeah. a baffling thing down the football pyramid because, Charlie, referees at Sunday League level are red hot on this. Like, yeah. We won't well, have any well, of this. F- friends of mine, they'll will sort of send on this thread kind of their joking gripes about things that Sunday League, like you can't have if your shin pad support thingamajig underneath it has to be the same colour yeah. as the sock and that will get enforced. Mm. And, and, you know, sometimes you might see this broken or this new trend of players wearing a little smaller sock so that they can roll their big sock you know all these micro offenses that you know are are going unchecked it's it's a scandal at Sunday league level you can't do it and and with the chewing gum I remember so vividly uh, I think it was in Cubs or Scouts or something like that as a kid have being told this horror story and I always think of it when I about someone who was playing went up for a header choked that to be right and I remember we were told it really earnestly and it yeah. really stuck with me same with wearing a watch apparently that's really dangerous as well <laughs> right, yeah. not that you see that to be fair this is but. the thing when I used to go play football on Sunday as a kid the ref would have a look at your studs to check that you had the right studs on and then you'd have to take any of your necklaces your earrings out and your watch yes as you I had a, I had a like a not too dissimilar to a Casio kind of thing there, and it was as if I'd bought an AK forty seven to the game. <laughs> he was like, "Get that watch off!" Get and now I look. You play football with a watch? Come on, how, might how as well is, wear jeans. How is my watch more lethal than like Rafinha's earrings, which are <laughs> which are so so um, spiky because they're mm. like a, a diamond stud? Oh, really? Yeah, they'll they'll uh, and more so. They, I mean, we're getting really into it now. But yeah. they used, there was once an episode of Coronation Street <laughs> where um, Charlie ripped out Shelley's earrings. Oh, first, yeah, I think, yeah. and it stayed in my head that because it showed it, it, you saw it on camera, and I was like, oh god! And all it takes is somebody 
thinking they're going to grab his shirt and they accidentally grab his earrings and his earlobes will be ruined for life. I don't mean to sound like his mum here, but it's just so infuriating how um, in PE and, as you say, like Sunday league football, it's so to the to the letter of the law with what you can and can't wear. Why is Harry Kane plastering up his wedding ring? I mean, I imagine it's more to protect the, no doubt, very expensive wedding ring rather than I for, just I want to uh, know how much of less of a lethal reasons. weapon it makes it if you tape it up. No one, no one's ever explained that to me. Does it soften the blow? What, it must, what is it? yeah. If he's got like a big, like I'm looking at my um, engagement ring and that must that that would hurt, I reckon, if you took that to the face. But I reckon if you, if you plaster it up, as as I did my ears for much of GCSE <laughs> PE. Did you, did you did you have to put the sort of the blue plaster on like they have to do in canteens? <laughs> no, no, no. They had fle- like um, flesh coloured ones. Good. And you do it on one one look, but it just looked because they were flesh colours. It then just looked like you had really long earlobes. <laughs> but yeah, the amount of fuss that was made over at school to then watch people at the highest level, not even clocking about. Kyle Walker is always chewing gum like you would not believe at, at every point in the game. And I think, how are you running that fast? With a, with a with a load of hubba bubba in your mouth. I don't get it. I Charlie, it must, it must be an elite level sporting reason. Is it like concentration? What do you think it is? But this is it. Like, oh, obviously, Fergie used to always be chewing gum, didn't he? But I can understand as a manager, yeah, it's a stress thing. It's that's a, an anxiety it's a thing. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. But but when I play and I'm knackered, the last thing I would want is is a is a little bit of chewing gum rolling around. I've in always my found mouth. it baffling because chewing gum makes me hungry. Yeah. And I really so I really wouldn't have thought. I I don't know, but. Either some are told, don't worry, it won't make enough of a difference, or there's, I can't believe there's a benefit as such. It must just be, don't worry, you'll, you know, you'll get on what you need at half time, so it's fine. I know, sort of thing. I can't, but I can't, I can't work it out. I would it, like to see how far you can take it with jewellery on the pitch before <laughs> somebody, somebody says something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it feels um, like you can I, wear I anything. I even take my wedding ring off. Like the, the, a referee has said, you need to go and take that off, and yeah, then by the sidelines, like wrenching it off. Maybe that's so why Kane just plasters is because he can't take it off. But I would like to see, like maybe. For some reason, I think Grealish would do it, but like Grealish with a little anklet on. Do you know what I mean? Or a shark tooth <laughs> necklace, something that actually could be quite hazardous. Like a, a proper studded one that goes like properly tight to the throat. Yeah, a choker. Yeah, a choker <laughs> or a tiara, a diamond tiara. <laughs> Instead of Grealish wearing a headband, just push his hair back with a little tiara. Imagine, imagine what the the kind of cursory check from the referee would be. So you know, they check their studs <laughs> yeah. and they sort of do that little collar thing for the necklace. And they go, oh, yeah, tiaras? Any tiaras on it? No, yeah. no, no. All good. Yeah. Right, carry on. Um, no, you, you, you're right to flag this. You're right. Oh, yeah, the inconsistent that. application of this law from top to the bottom of the football pyramid is not spoken about enough. Quite right. I bet you Miss Bassendale watches Premier League football and thinks they should be taped up. She'd they be having be a Caesar. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. Tell us about your second hatred of football, Maisie. And to be honest, I didn't actually know what this one was about. So this is going to be a, a voyage yeah. of discovery for us all. Okay. So um, we call it in our family doing a bunty, which comes from... There used to be uh, on the Catherine Tate show a sketch about this character called Bunty, who was in like a majorette spinning... She was Doncaster majorettes or something. But it was a kid's club... And she just couldn't leave because it was a life and she never moved on. And it was really, really funny. Anybody who like can't move on, in my family always call it, oh, they're doing a bunty. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of managers. There's a lot of mm. managers doing a bunty. The worst culprit for this 
is Fergie, right? You've left, mate. You've <laughs> left. There's been several managers since you. Nobody is able to move on whilst you are still in the stands every day, looming over whoever is the current manager like some sort of ghost of Christmas past. It's um, it's it's really counter... Like, I get it. You, you live for Manchester United. I get it. I get it. And this is in no way coming from my Leeds United brain who just doesn't like them. But it's... Like when you think of when Ollie was in, and he and it, Fergie was the one making the calls to Ronaldo. It's so undermining. Yeah. It's so undermining because he's still clearly, in so many of the players' eyes, top dog, mm. right? And then so there's that type of bunty. Then there's a bunty <laughs> who, like, I don't wish to be derogatory but they're not even still held massively in high esteem (laughs) and they're still there again I do not want to discredit this man's career no doubt a very very lovely man and and a a good manager at some points in his life but for Roy Hodgson to leave (laughs) Palace saying I'm getting too old for this and uh, yeah I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave my my career here and everyone's thinking good on you Roy go and enjoy your you know your your, your old years because let's be honest he is old Go go on cruise. Go on a cruise with your wife, Roy. Go and go and enjoy the sun. A season later, months later, he's on the benches at Watford, <laughs> giving out. It go again. I don't mean to keep talking about my teachers here, but <laughs> at school, when our head teacher retired, he'd been at right. the school for twenty five years. I yeah. think right. He was held. He was like the Alex Ferguson mm. of. Yorkshire education. It was a big thing in the paper. His car parking space was left Honestly, even after he there was, retired. There was a, Charlotte, you joke. There was a thing in the paper about him retiring. Then the school put on a concert for him, like a jubilee, to go like, thanks for all your services and everything. He retired under this great cloud. And then we came back in, uh, <laughs> as a great, great cloud celebration crowd. Yeah. And then we came back in September. And he was doing bus duty. Oh, it just—he's just there in a high grace. That I is. know a high vis jacket mm. waving us all onto the six three six back to panel. It was <laughs> God. You think, come on, that just got. It's so undermining, isn't it? You're like I, inve- I, emo- I said goodbye. We had an emotional goodbye, yeah. and then you're yeah, you're here. And and that, like with him, that old teacher, and and Roy Hodgson. I think your wife has basically had an absent husband for years. Because she's understood that your career has come first and your life is in that club, and then suddenly you've come home and said, "Yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally give it up, and we're gonna enjoy our retirement." And then six six weeks pass, and you go back. Do you know who's just recently done it? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. <laughs> Do you see? He made that whole fuss about. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm the most decorated NFL player. He announced the other day, "I'm back." <laughs> it's so, it, so it's we, we mad. Get- we're getting this general theme of you you not appreciating managers or football figures who are outstaying their welcome. Certainly not the case at Leeds United. There, there's no sign of Marcelo Bielsa doing a bunty. Doing a bunty. He's just no, gone. He's off. He's gone. He's off. I mean, my feelings about Mar- uh, Marcelo Bielsa are very, very fond. Uh, I think it was premature to get rid of I do think we've been playing better football, um, but I think that that is... Uh, as much to do as much as you could say that that's to do with Jesse Marsh it's it's as much to do with the fact that we're playing much easier teams 
and we have our better players back, which was the problem all along, was that we didn't have our good players and we were playing the best teams, arguably, in Europe. But if Marcelo Bielsa... I, I really do... I, I firmly believe this. If Marcelo Bielsa attempted to do a bunty, I would still say, no, you've got... <laughs> oh, come on. I would, I would, I promise you. I'd say, come on, give Jesse March a try. And I mean, I'm impressed so far, so... What if Bielsa um, was doing the burgers outside the ground? Yeah, Would that be was, too, if, full, too far on, a fall? Yeah, yeah. If he was on bus duty, I might have to <laughs> might have to intervene. Say, come on, Marcelo, let's let's get, go on a cruise. Got the amount of the amount of men that should be on a cruise at the moment, but instead <laughs> they're returning to try for a and... once in a lifetime opportunity to manage Watford for a few yeah, months. Yeah, I know. It's sacked. like, come on, you left Palace, and they, you know, it was it was fine, it was okay. But to come back and, and, and help a struggling team. A good test of that. Even, I remember, and what often happens with this, because in the office, there's the big thing where Brent leaves Wernham Hogg at the end of the second series, but the Christmas special, he's very much doing a bunty and yeah. he keeps coming back and he brings his dog and all of this sort of thing. So there was quite a lot of, whenever a manager does this, there is there often is a bit of crossover with that in the kind of meme space. Yes. And I do remember when Pochettino yeah. had left Tottenham, there was quite a funny thing because his son was still at Spurs. So he could legitimately, came to be a bit involved, but then he, Pochettino posed for a picture with his son who was signing a, new contract yeah. and Poch was still wearing Spurs stash oh. and it was a bit like this is a bit Brent Wernham Hogg like, yeah. you know, is, is that okay yeah that feels like it's just... don't wear your Spurs stuff around the house mm. no I get it it's your life I do but I think if you're gonna go through it, and it doesn't just extend just to, 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 to managers it extends to players as well I think anybody in the sports field when you make that massive announcement that you're you're bowing out. You've had a great run, but I'm out. Mm. It's so... Um, I, I'm trying to find another word, but the word is sad. <laughs> when you come back... Do you know who I'd put, I'd put a lot of money on doing this? Ronaldo will do it. Ronaldo, Ronaldo will, especially after um, the Champions League uh, campaign of, of this season, <clears throat> I think he'll bow out saying it was great to return to United... Uh, very proud of all the achievements, da, da, da. and then he'll watch, he'll watch Messi win something, and go, just one more, just one more. <laughs> It'll just keep happening, keeps happening. The um, but they're they're kind of mundane aspects to this. Um, my final thought on this, Maze, is that you mentioned Alex Ferguson at the start. Yeah. His his role now really doesn't seem to be undermining whatever manager is in place, it seems to be sort of chatting to famous people in the bowels of Old Trafford. Yeah. Imagine the boring conversations he must now have with UFC fighters and oh, you my know, God, yeah. NFL quarterbacks. I was going to say, it was Tom Brady, wasn't it, the other yeah. day that was in there. I just think... I mean, it's a really fine line, isn't it? Because he has every right to go to United's game. He did so much for that team. It's amazing. But I can't help but think, because of because of this weird hold he's still got over United, which he clearly does have because we saw it with, with, with Ronaldo I think anybody trying to make their mark on such a massive team is unable to do it when he is there just just watching from the hospitality box well they've had to take such drastic measures the, the story this week Charlie that they're going to have to just, one of the 
options open to Old Trafford is to knock the whole thing down and build it, build it, you know, <laughs> next door. Is that the only way to get rid of Ferguson? <laughs> Sorry, mate, you're gonna have to move now. Sorry, we are knocking the whole place down. Oh, Sorry. to properly move on. I mean, there is something a bit having your cake and eating it about it, isn't it? And it's not quite the same, but it's a bit like. A relationship's ended, but it's like, can, can we still be friends? I'm, I'm happy to still be friends. It's like, no, don't. But it's not going to help. You're right, Charlie. Sometimes a clean break, even just for exactly. a bit. I think that's it. Actually, you've hit the nail on the head. <coughs> that if if Fergie had gone away, away for a bit, and now was coming back as that, like, oh, do you remember him? He was he was an absolute treasure mm. for us. Mm. Then it would be a little bit. But it's it's the fact that he's never really gone. So there's never been able to Manchester United have never been able to restart as a as a as in a post Fergie era because it's not a post Fergie era as long as he's still doing Ubuntu. <laughs> doing um, Ubuntu, that is now part of my part of my it's, vernacular. Right, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a good, good. one. See Arsene Wenger for how I think it should be. I mean, I know that a lot of gunners still don't feel great about Arsene Wenger, but I think if he started to come back and just watch from the stands you know, as um, I think you have to be not be doing anything else either. Like if you're not if you're not working in a managerial role anywhere else, if you're just that lovely old man that used to <laughs> used to rule the world here, great. Come and enjoy hospitality. And then going on to ruin the high level rules of football as you do it. Um, okay, so the, fair, the chance of you now getting booed off in Manchester increasing by the second. It's going well. Tell yeah. us about your third and final hatred of football. This is great. I really enjoy this one. <laughs> Really, I've, this is the one that I'm, I've been very nervous to say because I okay. feel like it's going to attract a lot of um, hate Hope. on this. It's really petty, but it's <laughs> it's people who, when they're writing about football teams, write the name in a dialect. So <laughs> I'm already regretting this. But Come on. Like, I'm in a Facebook group for comedians who talk about football, right? And there's so many that will write United, Y-A-N-I-T-E-D. Then you get them talking about City, and it's C-I-T-E-H. Right. And I, I, I can just about cope with it, albeit through clenched teeth reading it, when it's at least written by a Mancunian. Yeah. And you go, sure, if you want to call them... If you if you want to, that's how you call it over there. I mean, I wouldn't know; it's the wrong side of the Pennines. Mm. But if that's what you want to say, great, go for it. It's then when you see somebody from London going, I mean, questions have to be asked. Where can Sitter <laughs> go from here? <laughs> and it's really, really annoying. I saw it. The worst example I saw was a um, somebody who I know is very, very posh. And they write, and I know that they they are known as this this team. They are known as the Tune, but I I would never call Newcastle. Now I feel like that's a grey area. The Tune. I mean, it, I think literally black and white, but I also think it's a grey area Tune. I think it's allowable. I think you've got to be a Geordie to refer to Newcastle as the Tune. I'm not sure. Come on, come on. Yeah, that's it's so. So you with your accent, Adam. If you if we were talking now and you brought up Newcastle, if you went. Uh, I mean, it, it's amazing when you look at what the tune have managed to do. I would, <laughs> I would, my ter- my toes would curl like that. I, 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 I Charlie I, winced I, when I said it. 
No, I'm, I'm, even, I'm not having even, this. I'm not having this because it's not. It's not kind of a subtle corruption in an accent sense. It's they are literally. That's what they referred to. The tune, the original word, is is so far removed from the equation that it's not. But it, they are no referring. That's the Geordies calling themselves the tune, which is fair enough because that's how you'd say it in that. So again, I, I don't mind it if a Geordie's saying it, and okay. I don't mind it if a Mancunian. I mean, I, I'd still preferably rather just everybody grow up and write it as as it is. But if a Mancunian's calling it City or United, <laughs> I mean, United is. That's that's just not how any man can speak. Going out of your speaks. way to do that as well. It's yeah. not even practical. Yeah, no, I agree exactly. with that. Exactly. But it's so, when people not from them places calling it the tune sitter. So let's try and get Charlie. Let's try and dig into the psychology of this. Um, my first thoughts that this is some sort of kind of endearing, self-effacing way of describing your own your own team. But there's a flip side to this where it gets kind of playfully kind of rude and abusive when you're talking about other people's teams. So some classic examples being, and I, I, honestly, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say this out loud. I've only ever ri- seen it written on an internet forum, which is manure for Man United. I mean, it, but even writing Man U, M-A-N-Y-O-O, as some people will do. No! Because I, I, I agree, it, it's awful. But I, because I remember someone used to write CITE always, a C-I-T-E-H, and it really annoyed me. And I think because it's... I think it's because it sounds as if the person thinks they're being quite clever by doing it. That's as, it. That's as it. As if they've sort of like noticed. It's like, yes, people from a different part of the country say it in a slightly different way. And I think actually Aren't that's I it. clever skewering them? Yes. It's like, mm. it feels it's like, like people who sort of sing thank you at you when you give them a cup exactly. of tea. There's no reason for it. There's no, no. reason. Thank but you. It, you're, but you're right. It's the <laughs> smugness of going. I mean, I, I I get it a lot of what like when I answer the phone and say hello. Sometimes people will impersonate it back to you, mm. and it feels quite. You sort of have to smile through gritted teeth and go, uh, "Yes." Some people say hello differently to if you're from London. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And so it. it does feel like that when it's people not from the city talking about it. Um, and writing it down in in the dialect, it's a bit like if somebody texted me going "a up Chuck." <laughs> uh, why? Why? And yeah. with city, you're you're actually making you. I mean, this is so pedantic now, but you're when you're writing it down, you are using more letters. Yeah. Just to point out it's that true. you know how a Mancunian would say the word exactly. city. That is what you are writing when you write it down. So just have a word with yourself. I had like a sort of moment of repentance a while or so ago. I realised that I had done, and a lot of people had done this, a friend of mine who's from Manchester, when we are at uni, did that thing that you're describing. And it suddenly hit me. I was like, that is so not funny and must have been really annoying. And he never really said anything. I must have had to suffer in silence. Like, you're literally just saying... You're kind of just pointing out that they say something in a slightly different way to you. No, exactly. That's like if, if when you were organising for me to come on this podcast, if you emailed me and put "Hello, Maisie" and put "M A I S E H," <laughs> can you imagine that? Though I'd be like, I what? honestly cannot. I what honestly you, cannot imagine. Why are, you, why are you doing that? Why you're not? I know that some people would say my name like that, but you two wouldn't. So why are you? Why are you writing it down like that? Actually, on, on that point. I was walking past um, um, a coffee shop in my locale recently and there was a poster for uh, a gig of yours oh. and it said Maisie Adams. Does oh, that I get annoy it you? all the time, all mm. the time. I get them all. Maisie Adams, Maze Adam, 
I've actually been introduced on stage as Maisie Williams before. That was a bleak one. Yeah, you know the girl from Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah, because she's the most famous Maisie. Right. That's just in people's heads. So, um, yeah, you've never known a tough gig like when you've walked out on stage to 400 people expecting the... the I was ba- about to say. <laughs> the badass girl from Game of Thrones and some dickhead with a shit haircut walks outside. <laughs> it's oh. the act you've all been waiting for. <laughs> I did wonder what they were expecting from a character from Game of Thrones. Anyway, we asked our listeners on on a similar theme, what annoys them about what people call their clubs in a subtly, sometimes abusive, sometimes in a playful way? Oh, I mean, he might listen to this, but my boyfriend's dad calls us dirty leads all the time, and I hate it. I hate it. Because you're talking about a team that we haven't been for, for years you know, you're talking There's about not Bill, much feeling. You're talking about it, Don Revy's leads. Let's yeah. be honest, and um, yeah. yeah, I think a few people need to check their calendars. <laughs> right. Okay. Ross FJ starts off with a simple one. Charlie he says, "Spuds for Spurs is annoying." I can see oh, how that might be yeah. annoying. Mm. I mean, all of these are from the same school of what I was saying about saying sitter, of thinking you're being quite clever 100%. or or provocative, and it's Spuds. like it's just quite shit. Oh, it, yeah. oh, it gets it gets worse from here. Lloyd Clark, Chelsea being called Chelsky when ski <sighs> isn't even as popular a Russian suffix as of. No. Quite right on a technical level. Very right, very yeah. right. I'd love to see them. I'd love to see Lloyd come back with that in the pub mm. as his comeback and yeah, see that's how true. that's received. He he continues though. Charlie he says anyone who puts an asterisk when typing a team name out as if it's a swear word to them that is pathetic. Yes. Oh, that's so that's pathetic. A, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I I know a few people have done that ironically, and it is yeah. uh, quite amusing just because it's it's so uh, it's so late. That's like the kind of people who'd be like. I could never ever wear, you know, if we're playing yeah. football, I could never wear the yeah. shirt of a team that oh, I yeah, hate. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's, not even, it's not even going too far. It's kind of pretend, it's like I, it's like football pretend fan defense. hatred by numbers, isn't it? It's just mm. like, this is yes, what I exactly. feel like I should be doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 Rubbish. yeah, yeah. Rubbish. Um, but some team names, Maisie, just kind of lend themselves to this sort of behaviour. Conor McLaughlin writes in, he says, the Irish League has some particularly pathetic club name corruptions that have never once come close to offending the fans concerned. Linfield, for example, are sometimes known as Binfield or Linfailed, or <laughs> due to their January 2022 transfer window acquisitions, Lonefield. All rubbish, he says, and he's quite right. Who wrote these? My mum. These are... <laughs> Binfield is funny, I think. Linfailed, I know, kind of good. Yeah, I mean, you can hear the people who've come up with that going, Linfield, more like Binfield, am I <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's a very much more like situation. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Jack Pierce writes in and says, Crystal Palace, to those who write or say it, particularly those who say it or have said it, I genuinely hope the memory of them saying it keeps them up at night. That is rubbish, isn't it? Somebody saying out loud Crystal Palace is, like, mortifyingly cringy. Mm. I, I actually think if... any any play on words on the on the names. I think it's a blanket a blanket no. I remember someone oh. saying a few years ago Aston Vanilla as <laughs> if I, 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 I guess to suggest that they're a really Mid-table. vanilla club. Yeah, but like, just with each of these, are you also imagining <sighs> when you hear what these nicknames are, the person who's come up with it really giving Very themselves so. a, a pat on the back for mm. that? 
It's the, just the, the, such shit banter. I mean, a lot of the these I just grin. can't imagine being said out loud. There's a lot of this is internet behaviour, but we have to explore the this avenue nonetheless. Um, David- Come on, mate, if you can't take it, it's just, <laughs> it's just a bit of fun. It's like, no, I'm not wound up by it. It's just fucking, it's rubbish. The very, very last one on this, this is from Leeds' very own Eamon Dalton. He says, not the name of the club, but I have huge respect for Belland Road. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> If he can handle it, so can you. What's his team? He's Leeds. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, listen, are we really pretending that if we weren't Leeds fans and somebody else had a, a ground of Ellen Road, we wouldn't have come up with that? Of course, like it's it's a good one. It's a good one. It's an open goal. But, it is. Yeah, but the it's the dialect thing that grinds my. G- Imagine saying to somebody a Bristol Rovers fan. And spelling it Rovers with like six R's. Imagine how <laughs> offensive that would be to a Bristolian. Yeah, yeah. It, some of these things are just a fascination. For people, they you know, it's um, it's a kind of linguistic day out for them. They just can't, they can't shake it. The fact that Not, some people mm. speak differently. It's um, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's 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 a reflex. Mm. That's that you can't. It's like you, you th- like when someone says bath, <laughs> bath. Yeah, yeah. You said you said bath. Exactly. You said it differently to how I say it. Exactly. But you're you're doing it with perhaps one of the most tribal elements of this people of these people's lives so it's a dangerous game i think to assume you can just adopt these dialect names how do you feel after all of that i i really feel like i've let a lot off my chest it's been quite therapeutic let's not forget the soccer aid barb as well oh god yeah you're yeah. definitely not getting on now i know i know that's um that's <laughs> that's done and dusted isn't it um but uh yeah it was it was it was good fun it was good fun i feel like um it's been quite a roller coaster it's been quite a roller coaster i think the uh the the, the hates were perhaps more intense than the loves but um yeah very enjoyable very enjoyable are you tempted to do a bunty on the football cliches podcast yes but yes i'll say i'm going and then stay online <laughs> Just, just linger watching, on the Zoom. Just watching, seeing how you manage. Welcome. You're very welcome indeed. And yes, thank you so much for joining us, Maisie. Not at all. Thank you for having me, gents. Thanks to you, Charlie. Thank you. Thank you, Maisie. That was great. And we'll see everyone for the adjudication panel on Tuesday. <laughs> Bye-bye. The Athletic.